This is a story that if you're outside of Vancouver, BC may not have heard, but this what happened to 13-year-old Noelle Osoup in many ways defies explanation, defies belief. She went missing from a foster care facility near Vancouver in May of 2021. Her remains were discovered in a small apartment on Vancouver's downtown east side a year later. Left in that 12-month void is a very, very long list of unanswered questions. Our Global News colleague, Sarah McDonald, has been investigating Noelle's disappearance and death. Here's one of her reports. For week after week after week, we now know she was here. A 13-year-old child who somehow vanished while in the care of the province. Noelle Osoup's remains only finally found in May in the same unit where she lay dead and undetected for months. Noelle had been in the apartment deceased for quite a long period of time. And in that period of time, officers had come into the building, like they'd removed a d another deceased person while there were still two deceased people in the unit for months. Global News has learned the remains of Noelle and those of a woman in her 30s would only be discovered more than two months after the tenant occupying that unit. A man in his 40s was discovered dead himself. His sudden death is not considered suspicious, but that of Noelle and the other female found dead alongside her are and now under investigation by the Vancouver Police Department's major crime section. He was found and then Noel a few months later. So there is that gap. And of course the family had questions about that. Why didn't somebody do an investigation right away? Why didn't they go through the whole room? It's a small room. Despite that, according to sources, the remains of those two female victims were only ultimately discovered by building maintenance staff, not Vancouver police, following months of complaints by other residents of an overwhelming and persistent Foul stench. Claws like, oh, it smells like death. But blood is, has a strong sense. I was having a hard time eating. I was just like mortified. Grace Billiqua, who lives in a neighboring unit, repeatedly raised concerns about the inescapable and unmistakable smell. Honestly, there was a smell eight months prior to his death. We all tried to make the scent go away and we tried to tell him he has to deal with it. Still, the Vancouver Police Department is refusing to release its call records involving this building, refusing any comments altogether on its potential investigative blunder or the identity of the man who lived alongside dead bodies for months, refusing to confirm even to family if he's being investigated in connection to these suspicious deaths or any others. Why was she in the unit with a 40-year-old man or over 40-year-old man? There's no reason for her to be there. The Office of the Police Complaint Commissioner launching an investigation of its own into the actions of a single Vancouver police officer for neglect of duty, confirming to Global News the basis of the allegation relates to conduct surrounding attendance at a suite where three deceased individuals were ultimately located. It seems pretty astounding to me that a single officer is being investigated for negligence when we have heard from easily a dozen people who had interactions with VPD officers and were ignored. And that includes multiple reported sightings of Noelle in and around this building while she was still alive and extremely vulnerable. It's so upsetting to think that if maybe one of these people had been taken seriously, 
that Noel might still be with us. An avoidable tragedy left haunting those who loved Noel and those who never knew her at all. I feel like I could have done something to prevent that. Like that's like my sisters. It hurts. And a child who fell through the cracks of a broken system failed even in death. Sarah McDonald, Global News. So what happened to the teen? How did she end up where she did? How did she die? Why? And why was seemingly so little done to protect her? Well, one of the voices you heard in Sarah McDonald's report was that of Noelle's cousin, Olivia Louie. And she joins me now with more. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me, Ben. One of the things that always strikes me when, when reading and hearing these reports is, is, is always wanting to know more about her, about Noelle. Um, I guess she was born on Christmas Day. That's the name, right? That's right. Yeah, she was born on Christmas Day. What was she like as a child, as a, as a young teen? Yeah, so um, Noelle was a really sweet girl. She was an amazing sister to her brothers. Um, I only actually spent time with Noelle when she was younger. Once um, she was in foster care, it became more difficult for family members to maintain contact with her. Um, so I saw her much less frequently um, in the last few years. But she was a really sweet girl. She loved drumming and singing. Um, she was really playful and, yeah, a special person. What was your reaction? What, what, how, when did you find out that she had disappeared, that she had seemingly just vanished? I had first found out that Noelle was missing about a year ago. Um, and when she first went missing, we were all very concerned. Um, my understanding was that a lot of family members weren't aware that Noelle had been missing immediately, um, that it took a, a while for social workers to contact people and, and let us know. Um, as soon as we found out, um, my mom and I spent time like printing off posters. I work in Vancouver on the downtown east side pretty frequently, so I would spend my time after work just kind of like walking around and looking for her and um, passing out posters. And, you know, we were all scared. We were worried for Noelle. She was 13 years old. Um, she had some developmental issues that also like we didn't imagine that she would be safe or able to care for herself on her own and then there's also the concerns of why did she run away like we knew that she wasn't happy in the placement that she was in um, there'd been some moving around within the, uh, the foster system before she went missing that made us led us to believe that she wasn't receiving the support or care that she needed at the time. So when you started the search, you must have already, I mean, you've already said you must have been very concerned just about, you know, 13-year-olds don't just vanish, do they? They don't. And they don't, I mean, the idea of a 13-year-old leaving their home and ending up in East Vancouver, like Noelle was in Coquitlam at the time, that's a long distance for someone to be. And I just think if that seems like the better option, like what was happening in her current living situation at the time. And through that time that you were searching for, you never really had, no one really had any idea what had happened, right? No one knew where she was. No, in 
Since Noel's passing, we have heard from many people that there were sightings of Noel and that people had seen her um, and tried to alert VPD officers. Um, most of the people who spoke with us and shared those stories were community members of the downtown east side. Um, and I think that says a lot about the Vancouver Police Department and the stigma that they carry when credibility seems to be based oftentimes on race and economic status. Because after all the lessons that were learned from the inquiry into the uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, one would think that something like Noelle's case would set off alarm bells instantly. Yeah, I mean, there have been so many reports, there's so much data, um, and the reaction and the response to Noelle missing was really, it felt like it wasn't nearly enough. Um, family members had advocated for an Amber Alert to be issued, um, and that was determined inappropriate because of the criteria of the Amber Alert. And we were told that, um, I think that the police even mentioned in a report that Noel likely did not want to be found. So there are all of these ideas and this language and labeling around her that I think was based on, on nothing. There was no truth behind any of that. And, you know, Amber Alerts go out all the time and for good reason, for people's safety, for children's safety. And that wasn't, even that was denied to her. If we fast forward a bit, I guess, tragic and my condolences, of course, to you and the whole family, um, once you learned what had happened, and it took quite a while for that to be discovered as well. Do we know anything about the circumstances about where she was found and how she could have possibly ended up there? Well, we know where she was found um, was just off of East Hastings on Heatley Street. She in was found. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was found in the apartment of a man in his 40s who lived there alone. It was a very small apartment. Um, and tenants of that building had complained for in excess of eight months of um, just like a horrible odor and really suspicious behavior of the tenant. Um, and police responded to a few of those calls and were at that apartment in which time Noel and another female had all, were already deceased in the apartment without being found. Eventually, the tenant of that apartment was found deceased quite a few days after his death. Um, and at that point in time, the police, the tenant was taken out of the building and somehow in that period of time and like spending time in that apartment, two other bodies weren't discovered, which just seems like that's unbelievable to me. It was a tiny apartment, like what kind of care and search went into that to result in two more bodies being there, um, one being Noelle, who likely at the time was 13 years old. Um, it's, yeah, it's just hard to imagine. I'm speaking with Olivia Louie. She is the cousin of Noelle O'Soup. We're talking about the case of Noelle. Uh, she disappeared from a foster care home uh, in the Vancouver area uh, and seemed to sort of vanish into thin air in many ways, but was found, her body was found uh, 
uh, more than a year after she disappeared in May of 2021 in a uh, small apartment on Vancouver's downtown east side. How she got there, what she was doing there, we don't know. The family has many, many questions still of police, of um, child and family services, and we'll get to some of those questions after this. My guest this half hour is Olivia Louis. She's cousin of Noelle Osoup, a 13-year-old uh, BC girl who ran away uh, from, a, from a foster care home, uh, not to be seen or, or at least not to be identified publicly for quite a while, for more than a year, when her body was found in, uh, in a tiny apartment uh, on the downtown east side in Vancouver, how she got there, why she was in that apartment with another uh, the body of another woman who was found deceased, uh, a man who had died of natural causes, Earlier, uh, the bodies weren't found of the two women were not the woman and the girl were not found when police first searched. You must have so as a family, you must have so many questions. Where do you begin? I mean, it's hard to know where to begin. I feel that the more that we learn about the circumstances surrounding Noel's death, just the more confused and the more questions we have. Um, we were told pretty recently, um, which we only found out through the media, not through the Vancouver Police Department themselves, that one of the investigators and officers who had responded to the scene initially was being investigated um, for negligence due to a lack of following protocol. Um, it just was revealed to us recently, though, that that officer who remained on duty with their identity not being revealed to the general public, um, that investigation is actually on hold and it will likely never be concluded because the officer being investigated is not, it's not able to continue until Noel's case is closed. But due to the lack of evidence, which is partially the responsibility of this officer, her case will likely never be closed. I think that's such a strong example of, of just how uh, persistent and deliberate these patterns of, um, of, of no accountability continue. You know, there's, there's really no accessible or reliable system for Indigenous women, girls, or 2SLGBTQQIA plus to seek any recourse for the violations of like of our human and indigenous rights, the legal systems just completely fail to hold the state or the country accountable. Because it seems in this case, you must want answers from, from those who were responsible for her care in the first place as well, not just those who were responsible for trying to find her or trying to investigate what happened to her after, but, but those who were supposed to protect her in the first place. Exactly. I mean, the whole idea of MCFD, there is so many flaws within that system. I believe that it's beyond reform. Um, the fact that she was taken out of the care of her parents and then put into the care of a system that led to her being missing and then dying, it, that's not safety. And there's no it doesn't seem like there's any recourse or accountability on MCFD for the lack of care that they provided. What sort of response be? I mean, I, I guess the community, there's been a lot of outpouring of, of sympathy for you and the family for what happened to Noel. Um, has that been any comfort at all to you and, and, and to the rest of the family? 
Yeah, I think that the greatest comforts that we've received are from like local community, from indigenous community, um, specifically butterflies and spirit. Um, they are uh, missing and murdered indigenous women and girls support system. Um, and I'm, I'm so thankful for them. I don't know how they do the work that they do, but no one else has really been able to guide us through this or walk alongside us and offer us any resources or support. Because you're not getting a lot of answers to any of these questions that you have, right? Whether it be from police or from uh, child and family services in, in BC. That's true. We have had very little contact um, and, and communication with the BPD. We still haven't met with the RCMP. Um, and MCFD is, it just feels like they're all passing blame onto each other without anyone actually taking accountability. Um, even as far as getting Noelle's records of care um, from MCFD, we were told by the VPD that they were not going to be doing an investigation on MCFD. And MCFD told us that if we wanted her records, we would have to file for an FOI. A freedom of information, right? Exactly, which just feels like, it just doesn't feel right to for them to withhold this information so we can try and have some closure and understand like where things went wrong and how we can improve on the current model of care and systems of care. One can only hope in this case that that something is that, that there is change that this that perhaps Noelle gets is is the last one. I mean, it's that's probably hope beyond hope. But Olivia Louis, thank you so much for sharing uh, Noelle's story, your story, your family's story uh, with me tonight. Thank you for having me, Ben.